Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing User promotions, America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, 3 and Out Podcast. Final four weekend. Head coaches getting hired. A lot going on football-wise. Nate Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, reunion in the Big Apple. Uh, We dive into it all. Stucky as well comes on to break down the two games from a gambling perspective. We talk a little bit about it and uh, got you covered. So if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out Podcast. Middlecock mailbag. I'll I'll probably put out one uh, this weekend. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. Uh, I think Colin is coming on with me for Monday morning's podcast. So Sunday after the games, we will uh, be recording a little reaction pod to the games, uh, knowing the Super Bowl, who's playing in it. So uh, let's just keep rocking and rolling. Let's enjoy. We got three games left. Three games left till the fall. Uh, then if you like golf, it can hold you through or baseball or basketball, but there's nothing like football season, nothing like the fall, and we got the best you know possible outcome, clearly, by the Final Four. Elite teams, elite players, and uh, elite matchups, so let's, uh, let's rock and roll. But first, can I tell you about my friends at Game Time? Well, I've been telling you every single time I talk, because my friends at Game Time go to the App Store, download the fastest growing ticket app in America, and type in John for $20 off your first purchase. Any tickets, anywhere. I did it. I went to an NHL game. You go to an NBA game. You go to an NFL game. Here's what my friends at Game Time are doing leading up to the Super Bowl. we got four teams left. Your team might make it. And if you want to go, you even if you're a new customer or an existing customer, if you go to the Game Time app and you purchase Super Bowl tickets to see your favorite team just to go check out the event, Come to Phoenix, come to Scottsdale. Great place. Recommended. I'm sitting here now. Type in the promo code VOLUME100. That's VOLUME100. And you get $100 off tickets to the big game. Go right now. Download the Game Time app. Fastest ticket growing app in America. If you're interested in coming to the big game, don't blame you. I would highly recommend it. I've been to a couple. They are sweet. Use the promo code volume 100 100 new and existing customers to get a hundred dollars off Super Bowl tickets. You come a lot, you think of what you can do with saving that money, dinners, go play a little golf. Recommend it. So, volume 100. If you're interested in going to the to the big game out here in Glendale, Arizona, 
Come make a week of it. Get an Airbnb. Come have a good time. Download the Game Time app, Volume 100, $100 off tickets to the Super Bowl. Okay, before we dive into the NFC Championship game, and obviously me and Stucky kind of dive in uh, to the game later from a gambling perspective and just, you know, some insights or some thoughts on, on the matchups, there were some really big coaching news that uh, that happened today. Officially, the Carolina Panthers, of all these teams that blew out their coaching staffs, Carolina, like Indy, did it during the season, right? Denver, uh, Houston, Arizona did it after the season ended. They are the first to officially name a head coach. And it's Frank Reich, uh, who had coached former Eagles offensive coordinator and then longtime Colts head coach. You know, are you more well-known when you're the head coach than when you won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator? I guess you are. Uh, And obviously, Indy was a polarizing place when he was there because of the quarterback situation. Andrew Luck, the, the, the whole uh, the whole thing. I think this is a consistent formula, though. Whenever you, and I think this works in Power 5, and it definitely works in the NFL, when you have a specific type coach who fits a certain mold, whether it's an asshole, right, be a, a tough guy, or a quote-unquote players coach, and a guy that's easy on the players, whether it's I take a big swing if it's in the NFL for a college guy, or if it's that I took a retread, you usually go the opposite. And you usually go the polar opposite. And think about Matt Rule, who you could argue he didn't even get enough time. He should have got to see out the season. And as you saw this year, once Steve Wilkes took over, they had some success. And Steve Wilkes, who was in the mix for the job, pretty clear that the final two came down between him and Frank, which I understand why you go with Frank. It's the easier hire because he has a track record even some of his downs, like definitely this year, and even last year, those last couple games, he had a pretty consistent level of having some success. But I think we know Frank Reich. Like, he's not going to be Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. That's not what you're getting. The ceiling is somewhat limited, but you know you were getting an NFL head coach. You that, That's 100% what you know. Like, when the Jags hired, ultimately, they wanted Byron Leftwich, but they ended up with Doug. They got lucky. Why? Because they not only got a real NFL coach, they got a guy that can win playoff games, right? And when you look at Frank, like, is he ever winning you a playoff game? I would probably say no. <laughs> I, I would bet against that. But can he have you in the playoff mix? Hell, can he get you to the playoffs? Maybe. And they just had Matt Rule, who was the ultimate swing for the fences. Look at Matt Rule's resume. It wasn't like he had bounced back and forth between college and pro and then had been a successful college head coach. He had coached in the NFL one season as the assistant offensive line coach. Now, that one season was more than Urban Meyer had ever done when they had hired him. But when you look at the Carolina Panthers, the guy that owns the team is like, you know, a financial maverick wheeler and dealer. So typically, when you get burned by a certain company, your next investment might be the polar opposite of that. He's probably already wired to do what teams naturally do anyway. And Matt Rule was a swing for the fences, and they, they struck out. Now, ultimately, Matt Rule got really rich, and he's still getting rich in Nebraska, and his life's going to be fine. But they went with a guy, unlike Matt Rule, that basically had no NFL experience and you know was uh, a Hail Mary for a guy that is basically like a basic run play. You know if you run it and execute it pretty well, you're gaining five yards. You may not take it to the house, go 90, go 75 yards, but it is going to work. In, in fairness to Tepper, they needed something that was going to work. Right. Like ultimately, when Pete Carroll was hired back in Seattle, where the GM fitter who now runs Carol runs Carolina would be strong, who is running personnel for them. 
and we'll see how it plays out. I would imagine him and Frank, he just stays on and works with Frank, is when Pete Carroll was hired in Seattle, like obviously Pete had a ton of success at USC, but he had a resume in the pros of being pretty solid. Now, no one thought he was going to run like nine out of 10 years or eight out of 10 years in the playoffs. And clearly, Russell Wilson changed his career in the National Football League. But like, it was a pretty safe hire. It was not going to fail. And that's what I would say about Frank Reich. That's a type hire that is not going to fail. Speaking about hires that uh, are probably not going to fail either. Let's start before we get into Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. Bill O'Brien, and I'm torn on this, right? One of my things has been going for a while is Bill has to be willing to go outside the framework of his people. You can't just keep running back to your exes. Anyone listening to this knows who's recently broken up or still single. It's it's pretty easy to call your ex-girlfriend. It's pretty easy, especially early on in the breakup, to keep on going back to the well. There's usually a reason you broke up. There's usually a reason you went your separate ways. And Bill Belichick has been phenomenal at using these young people from Patricia to Josh McDaniels to Flores to all these guys, Dayball over the years, and developing them as underlings for him to help him and Brady dominate. That, that, that is, even today, years removed from Tom Brady being with the Patriots, you cannot argue those guys work under Bill's umbrella. Now, clearly their work outside of the umbrella is pretty embarrassing. Bill O'Brien is one of the unique ones. He's a guy that went on to have success. He left Belichick. Now, granted, he had been other places before Bill got there. And Bill did not get Bill O'Brien when he was 22 years old. I don't know the exact age when he signed on when McDaniels went to Denver. But he was, my, my guess would be my age now, 38 maybe, uh, you know, mid to late 30s. So it's not like he molded him from 23 years old. And Bill went on to take over for Joe Paterno, which I lived in Philadelphia. It's not like I'm some big Penn State guy, but working for the Eagles and seeing that up at close and personal, the Sandusky situation, Mike Zordich, who was on our staff at the time, had played in that. It, it had ripple effects in that area. Clearly, if you're outside of PA, that was one of the biggest sports stories in my life. The Sandusky scandal, Joe Paterno, that whole thing. He took over for that. And I actually went to a practice with a buddy of mine who's actually still on the Eagle staff, we went down because Charles London, who is now, uh, I guess he's the quarterback coach for Arthur Smith in Tennessee. He's actually been interviewing for some offensive coordinator job who had been on our Eagle staff as a scout. And he became Bill O'Brien's running back. And me and my guy went to uh, went to a practice, watched Bill O'Brien. It was really, really impressive. And then just never forget, before Chip Kelly got the Eagles job, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie offered the job to Bill O'Brien. He didn't, he didn't take it because he wanted to at least establish himself a little bit in Penn State before he left. Then he goes to Houston. Everyone acts like he's the village idiot. And he was a terrible general manager. It's why most coaches should not become general managers. Hell, Bill Belichick shouldn't be the GM. It's not a very easy way to operate. But he's a pretty good coach. Had some success. And it's not like, beside Watson at the last couple of years, he was winning some games with like guys like Brian Hoyer. So Bill O'Brien knows what he's doing as a coach. So it's hard for me to go, it's a bad hire. Right, Because Bill O'Brien is a good offensive mind. He is a real coach. Matt Patricia is not a real offensive coordinator. Joe Judge is not a real offensive coordinator. That was a disaster. And honestly, kind of embarrassing looking back. And here's the other thing. You did invest the 15th overall pick in Mac Jones. 
Like you are, unless you're willing to trade them, which I doubt it after this hire, you're in bed with him for a couple of years. Like this is your guy. And unlike Zach Wilson, he's not some disaster. You've proven his rookie year that you can make the playoffs with him. And they were right in the mix to make the playoffs this year. So Bill O'Brien has worked and coached with Mac Jones. And if you remember the story when Bill O'Brien was hired at Alabama as their OC after, uh, I think it was Sark, went to Texas, the stories were Mac Jones taught Bill O'Brien the playbook. Like, they have a really, really good relationship. And I'm not against any of that. But I do understand the side of, like, Bill's just going back to the well. You know, now maybe there's a big picture thing here for Bill O'Brien that if Bill retires in a year or two, he would be the logical guy to take over the job, right? Who else is are the crafts hiring? It does feel like they're definitely not hiring like a Patricia, a Joe Judge, any of the guys on the staff. Maybe Gerard Mayo, uh, which was a little weird. Like within the last month, they tweeted out, we are entering contract negotiations with Mayo. That's definitely not a Belichick tweet. So the crafts are probably getting their hands a little dirtier, have a little more juice now that they're not winning game after game like they did with Belichick and Brady. Uh, so maybe Bill's lost a little juice, but I, I do understand this. It's hard for me to say anything critical about this hire. Now, as a general manager, would not let the guy touch my personnel department. The other thing, remember him and Hopkins had, I think, a pretty contentious uh, relationship in Houston. I don't think they liked each other very much. And Hopkins is a guy that has been rumored. Uh, who he's He's not. There's no rumor. He's on the trade block. He will not be on Arizona's football team next year. The question is, where does he go? And now that Arizona has a New England former, you know, uh, little minion in Monty Osenfort, would he trade him back to Bill? There was that video that went viral of Bill talking to Hopkins during the season when they played him and just kind of waxing poetic about how much we respected him. It's hard to see that with Bill O'Brien, but hell, it's not his call. Who knows? You never know. Something to keep your eye on. Another coaching move that this one was an eye opener. And I, I think, listen, I am not against hiring or doing anything in business that leads me to the ultimate prize, whatever that quote unquote ultimate prize may be. In like recruiting, it happens sometimes when you offer a teammate to get the main player. Now, sometimes it blows up in your face. Uh, when the Cal Berkeley, uh, when Jeff Tedford was the coach, Keenan Allen was supposed to go to Alabama. Keenan Allen was going to play. Nick wanted him to play safety. I, I think he would have ended up a wide receiver even for Nick Saban. But part of the deal was you had to make Keenan Allen's stepbrother. You also had to offer him. And Nick Saban was like, who was a quarterback? Not trying to be mean here. Might have been the worst Power 5 quarterback I've ever seen. And Nick Saban had said, under no circumstances will I offer you a scholarship. I think he allowed him to walk on, but said no scholarship. I think that Keenan's from North Carolina. Jeff Tedford's like, hell yeah, we'll give you a scholarship because we wanted Keenan Allen. And it worked. It got Keenan Allen there, but ultimately because of their quarterback situation, Maynard ended up having to start and it caught, cost Jeff Tedford the job. Now, sometimes this happens in coaching. It happens a lot in college basketball. When I hire a high school assistant, a high school coach to get that player, I hire their stepdad, their brother. I'm all for it. I, I would do it too if it leads me to greatness. And the New York Jets, like, never forget, Let's retrace our step. Last year, when Nate Hackett, who was just officially hired as the New York Jets offensive coordinator, when that first came across the ticker, I didn't think that much of it. And then I was like, whoa, wait. When Nate Hackett was hired last year with the Denver Broncos, the number one story is they hired him to get 
Aaron Rodgers. That was the reason he got the job. Because under no circumstances would Nate Hackett, like he wasn't a better candidate than Dan Quinn last year. And Dan Quinn, who knows, we'll see how this Denver Broncos search plays out, may end up getting the job this time around. But Nate Hackett didn't make that much sense last year. It felt like a pretty big Hail Mary. And Woody Johnson just recently said a couple weeks ago, we will do whatever it takes. We will do whatever it takes to get a veteran, legit quarterback in here. Well, what does whatever it takes means? Like, there's one kind of big fish right now in the sea. Who's truly available? And that's Aaron Rodgers. Like, Adam Schefter isn't just throwing at the wall, shit at the wall when he's saying over and over, Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to be on the team. Aaron Rodgers has been talking to Pat McAfee like, I'm not doing a rebuild. Now, we can talk, and I've said my piece over and over about, I don't feel much sympathy for the way he's bitching and moaning after he took the money, but the reality is we're here. And Aaron Rodgers, if I was a betting man, isn't going to be on the Packers. I I feel much more confident on that than when I say that Lamar Jackson isn't going to be on the Ravens. Well, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? Schefter also said they're not going to trade him in the NFC, which is the right move. You're not trading him in the NFC. Remember when Favre, the irony about this whole thing, and they're completely different guys, but you know, Favre kind of like this southern, rough around the edges, gruff, you know, you know, tall boy, red man in his mouth, Levi's, just every working man, southern dude. And Aaron Rodgers, kind of this like coastal elitist, super smart. Uh, both are elite players, and Aaron's better, but they're they're both gonna end up playing for the New York Jets. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of ironic? When they had one of the weirdest uh, teammate relationships, you know, definitely in the last like 20 years in, you could argue in all the sports, but definitely in the NFL. And now it feels like Nate Hackett, who was very, very UC Davis, very intellectual guy, very smart, meshed with Aaron Rodgers. I think the writing's on the wall. Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the New York Jets. I think anyone making that prediction would be, you know, I'd, I'd view you as like just putting the pieces of the puzzle together. This isn't like going out on some limb. Like me saying Lamar Jackson's going to be traded to the Seattle Seahawks, like that's going out on a limb. I don't know what I'd base that on besides like Pete and John love doing deals. <clears throat> the Ravens might not want to pay Lamar. Like you just, I'm you just kind of making educated guesses. This one, Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back to the Packers. Nate Hackett, he was supposed to go last year, which I still don't understand why he didn't just go. It's like he got cold feet. He couldn't turn down $150 million. I, I don't quite understand it. Maybe we'll find out as time goes on. But like, is Nate Hackett, the best offensive coordinator option right now in the market? That's hard to see. Do Sala and Nate Hackett have some long-standing relationship? Maybe I'm wrong. I looked at the resumes. doesn't feel like they do. So it, it does seem that Nate Hackett was hired so they could land Aaron Rodgers. And if they end up landing Aaron Rodgers, you have to say you got to take the Jets pretty seriously. I think the Jets immediately become a contender to win the AFC East and to have a home game. And I think, and I was thinking about this actually yesterday on the golf course, you know, I I walk, so I had some time to myself between shots. When you have, you know, almost 80 shots, you're fucking doing a lot of walking. Is That was kind of a humble brag, but you know what I mean. And uh, I was thinking that, what's a fair value for Aaron Rodgers? This is actually probably on like hole 16, it was getting cold, so I just kind of was in my own thoughts. Is that definitely a first-round pick, so the New York Jets first-round pick. But I've seen some people do two ones, makes sense. I think what would be fair is like you're one and you're two this year. We're giving you Aaron freaking Rodgers, and you're basically in your minds probably a player or two away. So a one and a two, and then a following year's conditional pick. If Aaron plays less than half the games, i.e., he gets hurt, that picks like a fourth round pick. If you make the playoffs, 
with Aaron Rodgers as your starter, that's a second round pick. And if you get to the conference championship game or or uh, or to the Super Bowl, it's a first round pick. So it has potential to be like a one, a two, and next year's one, or it could just be a one and a two and a four if it goes wrong. But you got to pay the price up front to get the asset. And then there's got to be something on the back end that if it really works out, because if it really works out for you, and next year as the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers, you get to the conference championship game, that's not worth two ones and a two for a franchise that last time I checked, hasn't had much success in a long, long time and whose roster is ready to win now. So I, I would say a deal like that is fair, a conditional pick in the following year's draft. But that conditions, if things go well, and to me, you make it to the final four or beyond, that's an immediate second first round pick. Now, if you just make the playoffs, like that means you're having a lot of success and you're making money. You, you are hosting big time games. You're surely playing on some of the biggest games throughout the year. You're competing right there with the Bills. Like that at minimum is worth a second round pick. And and part of the reason I say he's not worth the unlimited amount, he is 39 years old and he does threaten to retire all the time. So if I was the Jets, this would be my pushback. Like he could be a one and done player. Even hell, he could get me to the Super Bowl and then he could just retire the next year. You, you never know with old Aaron. But uh, that's a fascinating little uh, little hire there to keep you know eyes on. And last thing on the coaching I don't really know why they did this. I, I haven't read much. Or I, I tried to read. I, you know, the, the some of the articles will probably come out on Friday. Cowboys fired a lot of coaches, and to me, that either signals two things: McCarthy got some pushback from the powers that be, Jones family, of like your coaching staff isn't good enough, or McCarthy wanted to make some changes, and because of his success the last couple of years, has been empowered. Like Mike, you do what you want. You know, some of these defensive coaches were originally brought in probably with Mike Nolan. If we want to keep Dan Quinn, you, you you put your staff together how you know you want it to be. Now, I was listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast. I, I would imagine, because he was talking about McCarthy, if he had his druthers, he would not have Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator. And I think that's fair to say. Mike McCarthy, I don't know if he'd necessarily call plays. He kind of went back and forth in some of his time in Green Bay. But I, I, under no circumstances would Kellen Moore be his offensive coordinator. So as long as Kellen Moore is his offensive coordinator, there is an element, even if Mike's power has grown, in the sense that he's just winning a lot of games for Jerry, has Jerry in the playoffs all the time. Remember, Jason Garrett struggled to get to the playoffs. You know, he was he was like a perennial 8-8 eight and eight coach. You go 12-plus wins year in, year out. Like, I know not winning the Super Bowl. Well, Cowboys haven't been to the Super Bowl in almost 30 years. This has been a very successful couple years for Jerry. It just has. Like, I'm sorry, you're not Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So maybe McCarthy has gained some juice, but clearly doesn't have the juice as of right now, still being forced to keep the offensive coordinator. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NFL Conference Championships this Sunday. You can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute drill with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets, two or three or four, for a chance at a bigger payday. You build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play. Now on the championship games. First and foremost, I, I think this these two matchups and these two teams that are hosting the games is why the NFL's king. And the reason the NFL has separated, it's in its own little stratosphere from all the other sports, is because of television. 45 million people watch 49ers Cowboys. 45 million people. The second most divisional uh, round game watched ever. We are consuming football unlike these other sports. We hell, I, I grew up loving the NBA. I, I Honestly, I don't think I've watched a start-to-finish NBA game this year. Baseball. I mean, I, I, I like base. I'm a rare millennial who still watches baseball. I don't watch nearly as much. I watch so many hours of college in pro football. And even if I didn't do this for a living, like literally talk about it, I don't think I would watch. Maybe I'd watch a little less, but not much. Not much. And most of you that are listening to this don't talk about football for you know a living. And you watch a shitload. It's one thing in America we all agree on. You put on football on the television. Our asses are on the couches consuming. And there is nothing better than playoff football in cold weather environments. That Bills game last week felt right. That Eagles home game against the Giants, <laughs> that just hit. And I think both these two places, and I've been to both. I've been to a lot of games at the link, and uh, it's going to be a special, special environment. And I love any game where I can see the guy's breath. Who knows? We'll see if the weather. I, I wouldn't mind a little, a little snow. Uh, it's just Kansas City, Arrowhead, the link are just elite places to watch the Final Four, to watch games in both these two spots where, you know, any of these four teams can win. Like that, That's also what makes this so great is a lot of times, you know, even last year in the NFL, we all thought the Chiefs were going to kick the Bengals' ass, and then they lost. And now they've lost three straight games to the Bengals. This, like, the two difference... Two major differences in these two matchups is the Bengals and Chiefs have been playing a lot, right? The Eagles and, and the 49ers just have not. I mean, they played once early last season, but it's a completely different team. Sirianni was calling the plays. Jalen Hurts was a shell of himself. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the 49ers starter. It's just completely different. And the Eagles, clearly, they didn't have A.J. Brown. And the 49ers did not have DBs. So it, it's just, it's going to be awesome. And I'll go into depth with Stucky, but two things really stand out to me, and that's the coaching staffs in both these two games. And the reason I'm going to go with Niners and Chiefs is I'm just going to lean with the coaches. And I, listen, I know Bengals fans, your guy has beaten Andy Reid. Is he going to keep beating him? Like I, I think it eventually comes to an end. And it's pretty clear that Mahomes' injury is not nearly as bad as we thought. And I'm just going with Kyle Shanahan over Nick Sirianni. Now, Nick Sirianni, here's what I will give him. He, it looks like he's got really good coaching staff. You know, the offensive line coach has been there forever. Badass. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator. Sack B, player of the year. 
in 2002 is clearly really good. Gannon, a little polarizing, but ultimately it's a head cat coach and quarterback league. And I, I just think, Kyle, there's not a GM in the, in the NFL, 32 GMs, that would take Nick Sirianni over Kyle Shanahan, and that includes Howie Roseman. Now, he would never say that publicly, but come on. He would take Kyle Shanahan over Nick Sirianni. And it's not like Kyle Shanahan doesn't have elite assistants. D'Amico Ryans is arguably the number one assistant coach on the market. So I, I, I'm leaving there. Now, I don't feel great about it, uh, but I'll take the Niners as an underdog in this spot. Now, the one big difference is if Jalen Hurts is on, he is just an elite player. And Brock Purdy, at the end of the day, he's had an incredible little run here. And I think he's been better than people. People are talking about him like he's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just managing. No, Jimmy Garoppolo managed. Brock Purdy makes some plays. Jimmy did not. Jimmy Garoppolo was a true manager. This little guy, fucking playmaker. So if if Brock Purdy plays a B game, which is going to be very difficult, this place is going to be going nuts. It's loud. You can't hear. You can't think. It could get very hard. But the other thing with Jalen is who could have, he probably would have been the MVP if he doesn't get hurt. Because I think people just naturally wanted to vote for someone new. He was an incredible story. His team, hell, might have ended up 15 and two instead of 14 and three. And that it just would have been hard to vote against him. But like his running is a huge, you know, addition. And the 49ers hit you fucking hard. And to me, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And just overall, the coolest part about this game, to me, it's a war daddy game. This game is full of on both sides. Dudes, if you're a fan of that team, you want in the trenches with you. Absolute, some of the biggest legends in the history of these franchises. Just all time in the NFL currently, bad asses. Look at the Eagles. They have the greatest center of all time, who is just a certified ass kicker in Kelsey. Lane Johnson, like Kelsey, and what I just isn't even the best offensive lineman on his own team. With Lane, AJ Brown, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I mean, Darius Slay, like they got guys that you just want to go to war with in these big games. And the Niners, like, and ultimately the reason I'm taking the Niners, because the Niners have the same, but they have the same of guys which have won countless games. Bosa, Fred, Debo, Trent, Kittle. Like, they've been a part, I guess Trent's only been a part of a couple years now, but the other guys have been a part of six playoff wins. Six. And they were leading in a Super Bowl. They've seen it all. They've won on the road in Lambeau. They've won on at home. They've won everywhere. So this notion that like the Eagles' home field advantage is going to overwhelm the Niners, like, I don't know, maybe Purdy, but he's in a huddle looking at Juszczyk, McCaffrey, Kittle, Trent Williams. Like he, He's got absolute horses around him. Can't wait for this game. Uh, I Honestly, I, I wish this game was a seven-game series. And then the other game is just the two quarterbacks. I mean, it's just... Honestly, the quarterbacks in this for this weekend are just fascinating stories, right? Jalen and Burrow both went to Ohio State and Alabama out of high school, and Burrow was Mr. Ohio, but Burrow was a three-star recruit who Urban Meyer refused to play and had to transfer. And then his first year at LSU, like it wasn't pretty, right? And then he became an absolute legend in 2019. Jalen, who did earn the starting job, eventually was kicked to the curb for Tua Tonga Bailoa, who at the time was better, but looking back. There ain't a soul that would say, I'd rather have Tua than Jalen Hurts. So both the two guys had to transfer. Now, these are first world college football problems. One went from Ohio State to LSU. The other went from Bama to Oklahoma. A little different story than the other two guys, right? Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes were just not on the level of those programs. Nick Saban basically said, like, you're too small. You're not fast enough. Your arm's not good enough to Brock Purdy. I can't offer you a scholarship. 
then went to Ohio State and will go down as one of, if not the greatest player they've ever had. And Patrick Mahomes, in a weird way, is like one of the most undervalued college players that became an NFL superstar I've ever seen. When do we not know? I mean, we hear over and over about Will Levis. I mean, we, every college quarterback, we are just hit over the head with. Yet, I don't feel like we talk about Patrick Mahomes at all in college. And now he's, I think he's already like a top five NFL player ever at quarterback. You know, that's like you, you could not list five NFL quarterbacks that I would rather have than Patrick Mahomes in the history of the sport. And he's like 28 years old. He's got a long way to go. So that, that's usually not the way it works, but all their college stories were pretty unique. Um, and what makes the Chiefs, you know, uh, Bengal game so cool is like, it's got the two best quarterbacks in the league. Now, one's a little banged up, and Burrow's just trying to beat him four straight times. Andy Reid's trying to become a legend, win a second Super Bowl, go to four. Uh, Zach Taylor's shut everybody up. He already has, but you go back-to-back Super Bowls, I don't care if you if you lose both. I mean, that's pretty legendary stuff. You go to back-to-back Super Bowls, and you beat the Bills, you beat the Chiefs twice on the road. So this game, man, it's just star players everywhere, a couple star quarterbacks, star rosters, star head coaches, star coordinators. Uh, can't wait, man. Can't wait. Let's dive into Stucky. We only got a couple more of these left. Here with my guy Stucky. Uh, the final four of the NFL is here. I think we got the r- correct final four teams now that we found out that the Bills were sneaky kind of. They, they were like the good version of frauds, not like the Vikings who just weren't any good. The Bills were good, but a little fraudulent when it came to championships. Uh, Stucky had a really good year gambling. Gets a little harder now. We have this Mahomes mysterious ankle injury that might not actually be that bad. <clears throat> and then this Niner Eagle game, which... It is really hard to predict. I mean, it's not a, it's not easy. What's cool about this week, unlike previous weeks, lines a lot smaller, uh, which makes it a little more complicated. Stucky, what's happening, bro? Yeah, what's going on, brother? Yeah, it's first time uh, since 1998 that both conference championships have a spread below a field goal, um, and obviously the Mahomes ankle injury is looming large here. I mean that. That's and yeah. By the way, congrats to the Bengals. I, I was dead wrong on the Bills. And as a Ravens fan, it's so annoying because so close to being the Bengals. And that's why you just get into the playoffs. Just get in. Like, say the Ravens don't give up that fumble return, win that game, go up to Buffalo. Buffalo no shows. You win that game. Then all of a sudden, Mahomes is potentially hurt. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh wait, we can go to the Super Bowl. So just in the NFL, that's why you just get in, and anything can happen. But yeah, we have uh, the Mahomes injury obviously looms large here. I think that, and we've seen a lot of movement. The, the Chiefs opened up as a favorite. The Bengals got all the way up to minus two and a half, never got to three. Bunch of sharp groups came in, took the Chiefs then, and now we're sitting at Kansas City minus one. There's also the video of Mahomes like, you know, walking and he looked fine and he says he's fine. Now, you can't put too much stock in what these coaches and players are saying during a playoff week. But um, yeah, this line... Yeah, has been all over the place, but definitely I think we have the four most deserving and arguably best teams, which we didn't have last year. Um, so yeah, it should be an exciting championship Sunday with only sadly three football games left. Yeah, it's funny because over the weekend, right, he gets the high ankle sprain, or we thought it was. I guess there are different levels of high ankle sprains, and then plays through, limps around. Clearly, he was you know in some pain. And then it happens to Pollard, and everyone's like, well, Mahomes, can this guy come back? And it turns out he had broken bone yeah. in his leg. So it was like, uh, 
Uh, th- th- that made some sense. I mean, about last weekend, you know, I, I thought the Cowboys showed up. I mean, their defense was fantastic. The, the, their defense played a playoff winning game, and ultimately their quarterback did not. You just you can't throw two picks that lead to, you know, scores, even if they're not touchdowns. That's six points. Especially and in I, that low scoring a defensive yeah, game. It was nine, nine, six, six. The, the picks in those type games are, I mean, complete kick in the dick. I mean, they're just, they're devastating. Yeah. I mean, granted, uh, they, the 49ers don't ask as much of Purdy, but Purdy looked like the veteran quarterback. You can go back and say, like, there was a drop pick, but that was off of a tip, right? And if you go back and there was no, like, turnover-worthy bad throws that Purdy made the entire game. And, yeah, Prescott made those mistakes. And in a game, especially in a game where no one's getting to 20 and it's that low scoring, you can't turn the ball over in the playoffs, and that, especially on the road, and that was the difference. Ultimately. Well, and, and it turned out the the night game on Saturday. You know, the when the Eagles are healthy, the the Giants have no shot. I mean, they're yep. just they're in a completely different ball game. And I think I don't even think it was just everyone overreacting to the previous week. It was like you know what's up with these Eagles injuries. Lane Johnson played, looked fine, and Jalen Hurts obviously looked pretty good too. And that was a a boat race. And now we have. You know, I I think it's pretty clear. The obviously the Chiefs and the Bengals have Mahomes and Burrow, and the Chiefs have Kelsey and they they have Chase and Higgins. But top to bottom, these are the two best rosters in the league, and we are getting just an absolute heavyweight fight starting on uh, on Sunday afternoon, or depending on where you live, Sunday late afternoon. This line's two and a half, and, and my ultimate take here is because it's hard, right? You have a rookie quarterback going on the road. This is a very, very tough environment. This is not last year when the Niners played the Rams. Remember a lot of the talk, and I went to the Week 18 game. It's a Niner home game. It was an easy travel. Yeah. It was an easy to buy. You're not threatened by Rams fan. This is a little bit different ball game. One, the travel is just far, and two, it's just you're not rolling into the link. You know, wearing a Debo jersey and feeling great about your, uh, you know, yourself. It's just a, it's a different environment. Now, like the Eagles have the advantage at quarterback. When Jalen's healthy, he's better than Brock Purdy. He's an MVP level player. I think the 49ers have the advantage at head coach. I mean, Kyle's won a ton of playoff games. And ultimately, Sirianni now is just, you know, he's a CEO head coach. He's not calling offense. He's not calling defense. So not only Kyle's the head coach, but he also dictates the game. And, you know, the the weakness for the Eagles the last couple of years has been the much maligned in Philadelphia, the defensive coordinator. Now, Steichen, the offensive coordinator who took over for Sirianni last year, is fucking good, clearly. I mean, he's really good. And they got, they like Kyle, they got horses. But D'Amico, you know, I would say is the best young defensive coordinator in the league. Like, the coaching matchups in this game is elite. I mean, for, just from both coordinators against each other. Uh I, I would just lean if you're talking two teams that are basically equals, just take the team with the points. And it makes me feel a little bit better. I'm not trying to be a Niners homer here, but they have just gone on the road over the years and they just keep these games close because they have really physical teams and they got a bunch of war daddies who are used to these type environments. Now, I, I would say over their playoff runs with Kyle, they've won six games since, you know, since 2019, four of those have been, I guess three of those have been on the road. Uh, you know, their best players just make enormous plays. They get turnovers. They just create chaos. And they, they, they it's not always the – like when the Eagles are rolling, it, it looks really good. The Niners is a little bit different, and that's how they want to play. So I, I just think, you know, if you like the Niners in this game, they're going to keep the game close. Like you would take the two and a half. Now, if the Niners lose, 
I can see them losing by a couple scores. You know, it's just, it's one of, and the Eagles a little bit, you saw in the games where they've lost, right? The Saints game, I guess, I guess Minchu was playing in that game, but still, and obviously the, the commander game is if you keep it close, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of experience. It's not like this team has been rolling for half a decade, right? So yep. I, I'm going to go Niners plus two and a half. I, I, and just for, as a fan of football, I, I would love to just see this thing be an all-time great game. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a side here. I mean, if you got if it gets to three, I think you would see sharp money come in <clears throat> on San Francisco immediately. I, I think if, if I had to make a play on either the side or the total, I would probably play the under here. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game where both defenses show up. I mean, Brock, the key is, and we said this with the Giants-Eagles last week, the Giants had to keep that close early, and they didn't, and then it was just going to get away from them, which it did. Um, and in a similar fourteen nothing last week felt like thirty to nothing. Yeah, and it was then it was just lights out. And a similar thing here with Purdy is you don't want a a rookie quarterback and this offense playing from behind. Like, see, you just want to. I think you want to come out, take the punch, take the crowd. And the 49ers are a team that's built for that, right? With their run game and their defense, these are the teams that historically have gone on the road in hostile environments and 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 pulled off upsets. Because you're going up against history. I mean, Purdy's the fifth rookie quarterback to ever start a conference championship game. And the previous four went 0-4 with four touchdowns and nine interceptions. That's Mark Sanchez, Flacco, Big Ben, and Sean King. And a rookie quarterback has never, starting rookie quarterback, has never gone to the Super Bowl, let alone won it. So, yeah, I think that you want to you want to treat this game with, like, kids' gloves early on, which Shanahan can do. Um, and you want to rely on your D, your run game, and then just – Three nothing end of the first quarter. Perfect. Great. Like not we're we're fine now, and then we can play our game. Wouldn't you wouldn't you agree? The quarterbacks you just listed, those guys were true. Not that Purdy's not, but like he can throw three plus touchdowns in a game. Well, those guys at their rookie year, obviously Ben Purdy's never going to be as good as Ben one day. But like as a rookie, Purdy can have a three touchdown passing game. I don't know if he will against the Eagles, but he's consistently done that. Yeah, and he also has better weapons and around him than those, you know, than Sanchez and Flacco and and King had. Um, and you know, I, I think a, a better staff and just situation overall. And it just it just you your rookie road conference championship game, probably gonna be some jitters. Like you just gotta get him through those first couple drives. Um, and that's what they do normally. It's like, you know, easy, manageable throws. And then he can start making plays as he's done. Um, but I, two props that I played in this game, one for each side. I did. I played McCaffrey under 63 rushing yards, which is kind of scary because you can always break one. But when, when we get to this point in the season, the lines are very efficient. Everyone knows the teams. I try to think of, okay, what is the other team going to do and how are they going to approach this game strategically? I would assume that the Eagles here are going to – do something similar to the Cowboys and because they're not they're normally like we don't blitz and I don't think they're going to blitz a lot but we don't blitz we sit back in our zones which I don't think you want to do against all the you know the Niners what they do from a pass perspective but I think that they're going to say look we're going to put maybe put an extra defensive lineman maybe go five six defensive lineman time put an extra guy in the box because I think that they're going to say rookie quarterback on the road you beat us to start so I think they're going to be focused on taking away the run you also have, like, you know, McCaffrey, I think he's going to be fine, but he has the calf injury. You also have all these other backs that the 49ers can use. So I think that the Eagles are going to make Purdy throw it, and um, that's going – so they're going to be focused on stopping the run. So I think this number is a little bit inflated. And Jalen Hurts 
It's probably my favorite prop in this game, under 49 and a half rushing yards. And he's looked healthy, but he's just not running it as well the past couple weeks. We had nine for 34 last week against an awful Giants run D. He had nine for 13 against the Giants the week before that as well. He's also gone under this number nine of the past 13 games. And if you look at what the 49ers have done, you know, against when they were healthy, their defense against mobile quarterbacks, no one's really done anything against them. I mean, Dak got to 22 last week. You had Fields, who had, I think, 30 on 11 carries in week one. Um, and this is a team. And look, if you look at who the Eagles have played, they have not played many great defenses. And when they have, their offense has struggled uh, significantly more. And the 49ers, look, when you get to this point in the season, there's and there might be a reason why Hertz hasn't had as much success running the ball lately. You can scout. You, there's a there's more advanced scout on what the, these teams are looking to do. So early in the season, when Hertz was running for 130 yards, it was whoa, what are the Eagles doing here? 49ers have film on that, and also 49ers have an elite run defense. The 49ers also have elite linebackers who can you know go sideline to sideline to you know what you're really worried about here is Hertz breaking a long one here, which would really mess this prop up. And on top of that, the 49ers are a very slow team. What does that mean? There's just not as many plays in the game. And I, I also like the under. So, you know, 49ers are a ball control offense. They take, you know, 28, 30 seconds. Let's snap the ball. It's not as many plays in the game. So I I think this is a great matchup for them to limit Hurts. That's what they'll be focused on in the run game. So, um, yeah, give me Hurts under 49 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I think like the Niners – Against good teams, against bad teams, that you know they they were scoring thirty plus points with ease. But against, as you saw with the Cowboys, and I think their game plan is going to be very similar. That they have no, they're like a nineties basketball team. That they'll mm-hmm. win a game eighty eight to eighty four and feel yeah. great about it. Just yeah. they, they they loved winning that game nineteen to twelve. They would have been cool with winning at sixteen to twelve. Like they they were the Eagles clearly a little bit more like a modern day basketball team. Want to win that bad boy like one twenty five to one fifteen. Yep. So I, I think just schematically. Now, the one difference, I, I've had a lot of people like buddies asking me like about this game, fired up, right? A lot of Niner fans, like what's the difference between them and the Cowboys on defense? I said, well, based on last week, Van Der Esch looked like fucking Brian Urlacher. He, yeah. he was all over the place. And the Eagles, like one of their weaknesses has always been linebackers. Yeah. So it's just, if the Niners can run it, uh, then obviously that's a huge disadvantage for the Eagles, where it's really hard to do that. Uh, the Cowboys kind of ran out of juice at the end, but for the majority of that game, there were no lanes. And to me, on the flip side, for the Eagles, like DK and CD the last couple of weeks have kind of lit them up. Well, the Eagles got two dudes, you know, and, and the team's different, but AJ destroyed them last year on a Thursday night game. I mean, he destroys everybody. He's an elite player. And Devontae's really kind of come into his own as a, you know, star young player. So I, if those two cats go for like two, two bills and a couple touchdowns, this is going to be tough. Now, if the Niners can keep them combined, you know, I would say like under 150-ish, so they're each around the 70 and just like one touchdown, meaning they're playing well in the red zone, then they'll have a chance. But yeah. like ultimately CD and DK, they just didn't have help. Like they, they showed up to kick ass and this team has two, you know? Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think I would assume that that's the, you know, thinking about the strategic too, going back to the Hertz prop is that I also think that the, the Eagles will probably come out here and try to attack more through the air, knowing yeah, that that's for sure. the, the softer spot. Of you know the 49ers don't have many soft spots, but if you're looking relatively speaking, um, it's trying to attack them and beat them deep. And so I don't think that they're going to be running as much as they have. And I'm I'm sure the 49ers will be ready. But yeah, if I had to say what what happens in this game, it's can the 49ers just get through the first quarter? Uh, if they do, and it's you know still close, nothing catastrophic happens. 
flip a coin, 20 to 17 is your winner. With the coin flips, your winner. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yes, this environment is going to be berserk. I, you know, the second, I I think both these two, I talked about on the podcast, like, these are elite to get the NFL is a television product and these games on TV, the home environments are just special, right? Yeah. Philly and Kansas city. And unlike the Niners and the Eagles, I mean, they don't have any recent history, right? I mean, these teams, it feels like the Bengals and the chiefs right now, are they are definitely the rival, right? I mean, these are the two best teams in the AFC for the last couple of years and they've played each other nonstop and the Bengals keep beating them, you know? So I, I think there's just added juice that I bet a lot of the people, season ticket holders, that were literally at this game a year ago witnessed whatever the hell that was. It was not pretty. And uh, I look back at the last couple box scores, you know, Chase and Higgins have just been killing them. And so it's like, to me, that's the thing. Like, can they just slow a little bit like AJ and Devontae? Can you slow those guys down? I mean, good offense always, it's hard to stop elite, you know, wide receivers, but you can't let these guys just dominate you in the air in Mahomes' health, which he's definitely playing, but they just have a lot of juice. I mean, it's, I think in the NCAA tournament, we often say it's hard to beat a team three times or hell, sometimes four times or whatever. Like it's, it's pretty difficult to beat an, you know, a great team, which the Chiefs have been now for four straight years, four straight times, several times on the road. So I, I would just go the law averages, take the Chiefs <laughs> in this game. But, you know, I I wouldn't make a, a living betting against Cool Joe, tell you that much. Yeah, what a, what a fascinating game this is. The You know, if you look, I mean, Mahomes in his career is 17-6-1 against the spread as either an underdog or a favorite of three or less. Like, do you need him to win the game? He's been as money as any quarterback uh, in the Super Bowl era. He's also 7-1-1 against the spread as an underdog. We'll see if he closes as an underdog or not. So if you want to just take those trends, Great, but that means you have to fade Joe Burrow, who is now 20 and 5 against the spread over his past 25 starts. That includes 16 and 1 over the past 17 games against non-divisional opponents. He's 19 and 7 against the spread away from home in his career. How about 15 and 2 straight up in his last 17 games against teams with winning records? And they've gone 22 straight games without losing by more than three with Jamar Chase starting. And my favorite stat. I came up with this is there he's 21 and two against the spread in his past 23 starts against teams that aren't or have never been the Cleveland Browns 21 and two against the spread so why is that well a lot of it is he is dominant in the second half and because he's great he's clutch he has great receivers 
but their defensive coordinator has made arguably the best second half adjustments over the past two seasons of any coordinator in the entire NFL. And that basically is what has happened in all three meetings that all happened in 2022. This will be the fourth meeting in the past 13 months. The final scores are 27-24, 27-24, 34-31. And the Chiefs could only muster six points, excuse me, 10 points in the fourth quarter combined and overtime. There was an overtime too. That's it. They were completely shut down. They were either leading or tied going in the fourth quarter every single game uh, of those three. And you have Burrow in the second half, who's clutch and great. And their receivers, as you mentioned, just they made plays. And a lot of times the Chiefs are really good at taking away your outside receivers. Didn't matter. Burrow knows where to put the ball and they make plays. And then the defensive adjustments have been spectacular. Mahomes has lit them up almost every first half. And then in the second half, their defense has shut them down. So what changes here? We'll see. I tend to think so if I was making this line, it would be like Chiefs minus three, minus three and a half if Mahomes is healthy. If there's no Mahomes, you know, it's probably Bengals minus three and a half, four, worth, you know, touchdown plus, and, and you're also crossing two threes, the most important numbers in the NFL. So this is kind of a hedge line. Like, he's not going to be fully healthy. So I would lean, like, look, you're getting the Chiefs at a discount if you think he's going to be fine. You're also getting the total at a discount if you think he's going to be fine. I just mentioned those three games. They all reached at least 51 points. So I would lean Chiefs and over. But the way that I'm going to attack it is uh, a couple of ways. One, I played Mahomes over passing yards. So I, I, I don't think he's going to run much, which means that's you know one less avenue where yards come. But he's either healthy, and then you're getting this at a discount, or he's not, and like it leads to some errant throws. And then the, the Bengals are building the lead. Then he's throwing from behind. And then it's like a game script where you're just throwing and maybe getting a bunch of garbage yards. I tend to think he's going to be better than the market is assuming here. So I think that you're getting this at a discount. And the Bengals' run defense, especially with Reader in there, has been awesome. And the Chiefs aren't really a great running team. So I think there's going to be a lot of quick passing. Um, and I think the Bengals are going to score too, which leads itself to a back-and-forth game. Uh, so I like the Mahomes over passing yards, which the fear is because it's his plant ankle, is that it might maybe – and this has been the only thing you could say bad about Mahomes in his career – it's also why he's so great, but he tries to make too many plays sometimes and it might lead to like a turnover in the red zone. So if his footwork is off, you know, he might be moving the ball up and down the field, but you might get one or two more errant throws that lead to turnovers, which would be bad for the Chiefs bet and the over. So I think Mahomes is going to get his yards regardless. Um, and then on the other side, I'm going to go Burrow over 18 rushing yards. Uh, you know, these quarterbacks, like if Mahomes was healthy, he would run to be running wild. These these big time quarterbacks in big time games will take off whenever necessary. They you know they'll call their number. I'm going to make the play here, and they just run a lot more than they're used to doing. I mean, last week he ran it nine times for 48 yards, and um, excuse me, he ran it nine times 48 yards against the Chiefs earlier this season. He ran for 31 last week against Buffalo, and the Chiefs defense is they play a lot of man. It just welcomes quarterback runs. Over the last 11 games since the bye week, they've allowed the second most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks in the NFL. Average 5.2 carries for 35 yards. Those quarterbacks, 9 of the 11, got to at least 22. So I think Burrow's going to use his legs here, especially with the offensive line questions. Last week in those conditions, you can't really get a pass rush, can't really get your footing as a defensive lineman, but that's different. You know, normal conditions here, if as long as it's not icy or snowy. So what does that mean with pressure? That means you're going to be taking off more. You're going to be scrambling more. 
and against a defense that really invites it. So I like the Burrow over rushing yards. I just ultimately think it's going to be a great game. Can the Chiefs, but the Mahomes ankles, the first thing to watch. The second is, can the Chiefs make the necessary adjustments to overcome what since he's done in the second half? And then still, even if you do, you got to worry about Burrow at the end with those receivers. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an amazing game. Yeah, I mean, you just hit on it. If the field is in pretty good condition, the, the offensive line, you know, guys that are missing in action, Frank Clark last week, you could tell he's kind of a bright lights guy, saved it all season for, you know, the playoffs. And obviously Chris Jones against random guards. I mean, yeah. you could line him up over any player, right? Yep. You could put him on the outside against a backup tackle and feel pretty comfortable about it. The other thing that's pretty interesting is looking last year that, you know, the Chiefs ran for 100, on basically 140 yards. McKinnon was their leading rusher. Uh, to me, Isaiah Pacheco is just a f- much more explosive player. And McKinnon now, moved, who's a good player, just moves to the kind of backup role player role. Th- that's something to keep an eye on. Like Now, Andy is not the most inclined guy to hand the ball off a lot. But if you're having success because he's such an explosive player, that might be an added element that wasn't quite there last year. Even though the numbers were good of just more explosive plays that definitely you would say going into a game when your star quarterback is just somewhat compromised, running the ball helps. Even Andy Reid, a pass guy, is going to have to call some runs. So his, I mean, it just makes it a little bit easier on Patrick. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals also are going to be maybe expecting that. So, um, But I think it might, you could argue that this, as long as Mums isn't completely hampered, because a lot of their offense now is, and it always has been to some degree, is him, his mobility and um, what, what he's able to do and create and buy time. But now you're, if you, you want to maybe create some new plays, some new packages. So there's the element of surprise here. It's like what, like you just mentioned, is, is Kansas City going to run it a lot more? Um, how are they going to, maybe they're going to run it with their receivers more. Maybe you get one or two more trick plays. You're going to have some pass plays and, and schemes that you haven't seen all year potentially. So that element of surprise here could work in Kansas City's favor. Um, but you're definitely, I think, going to be missing just the Mahomes' ability on the third and longs, right? So why he's so great is it's third and 12, and he drops back, someone gets pressure, He runs. he's running around directing someone, and then he fires a bullet 18 yards downfield, and it makes it look easy, and Kelsey catches it, and it's a first down. That's huge. It's like third and 12, and he makes it look like it was fourth and one. Um so, yeah, that might not that might be missing from the game plan, but we'll we'll see. It's gonna. No one really knows how healthy and mobile will be, which is the uh, element that we are all guessing at right now. Remember that touchdown run he had against the Titans in the playoffs, where he did like yeah. the three sixty at the end. I mean, yeah. that is even last year he, he had, had, the, he had against the Bengals earlier this year. Remember he went like, oh, went, yeah, like he's yeah. like gonna dunk the ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like so, that's probably not going to be there, which is part of what makes Mahomes great. But he's still fully capable of dropping back and throwing on the field. If if there was a game, week nineteen, excuse me, week nineteen, week uh, two thousand nineteen, week one, he had a high ankle sprain against the Jaguars. Finished the game, and the next week there was questions if he was going to play. He ended up playing against the Raiders. He had no rushing attempts um, and was clearly not mobile. He dropped back 45 times through for 460 yards and four touchdowns. So uh with his high ankle sprain. So there's always him. Now look, the Bengals defense is better than that Raiders. A little bit better was. than the Raiders, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, he was still fully capable of and if anyone like can throw it on north with an unorthodox style, it's it's Mahomes. So yeah, I can't wait for this one. Two of the best quarterbacks 
in the NFL going head-to-head for the fourth time in the past 13 months. Yeah, Mahomes played the Raiders every week. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs would lose often. 100 100 Uh, 100 touchdowns a year in (laughs) potential. I mean, shit, they don't lose often as it is. Well, Stucky, uh, let's enjoy this because uh, this is the last doubleheader of the year. And then we just got the one big game, which is sweet, but it's it's – you know, its own little event in itself. So uh, this is the last pure football weekend of, uh, of you know, till the fall. So uh, let me ask everybody. you one question. If you, as a Niners fan, um, you have the, ch- if you have the choice. So if you guys win, and I wish you luck, um, do you want a Super Bowl rematch or um, do you want Joe Burrow? Do you think it doesn't really matter? It's going to be tough no matter what. Andy's my guy. I know a lot of people with Chiefs, but I want part two. I okay. want part 2.0, and uh, th- I think that's that's my pick. I'm going Niners-Chiefs. But, you know, I, I, I still got a lot of buddies with the Eagles, I, so it's like I'm cool if they they are, you know, a legit – if they beat the Niners, to me, they're are they favored in the Super Bowl? Um, They wouldn't be favored over the Chiefs. If, if he's if he's healthy, if, if Mahomes is healthy, so you got two extra weeks. We'll see what he looks like. Um, if the Bengals win, depending on how they win, like depending on how dominant, like if they go, they dominated at Buffalo, and then if they dominate at Kansas City, and then the Eagles barely squeak by, um, maybe if not, that game's probably pick flip a coin. If the Bengals go back to the Super Bowl and have a two year stretch where they beat at Kansas City twice and they curb stomp the Bills. It's one of the Unreal. greatest road playoff teams I've ever fucking seen. Unreal. Um, yeah. It's... So I'm not discounting it. I mean, obviously, the, the cool part about this weekend, the lines reflected all for every matchups possible. Yeah. If anyone ever says that they know for sure who's winning any of the, either yeah. of these games, they're lying to you. So uh, can't wait. Well, Stucky, yep. have a good weekend. Talk to you soon, bro. Absolutely. Good luck, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.